Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. As we tackle your marriage and relationship issues and help you figure out how that impacts your workplace each and every day. Super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today, taking your calls. Hey, we invite you. Martha and I personally invite you. I would like to invite you. Martha would like to invite you. Just I would like to invite you. To go out to iworkram.com. Oh, I thought you were going to say for dinner. No, we already have dinner guests tonight. Oh, okay. But we would like you to invite you to go out to... Now you got me all messed Sorry. up. <laughs> We'd like you to go out to iworkram.com and join the I Work For Him Nation. That's right. Um, when you go to our website, which is iworkforhim.com, you see a little flag that pops up. And when you click on it, it just gives you more information. It's not like when you click on it, you're committed. But basically, we're just encouraging you to pray for your coworkers, employees every day. And there's a couple of other things that we encourage you to do and join the nation so that we know that you are praying for your coworkers and um, employees every day. You know, it's amazing just sitting here in the studio today with Martha and I look at her after 30 years. She's just incredible. Beautiful, and what an incredible gift she is uh, from God to me. Unbelievable that we get to be on the air every day, and and we just want to challenge you. This is one of the things the I work for him nation is one of the things that Martha and I put into in our businesses as we have worked for others and have worked in our own businesses. We realize that when we pray for the people that work for us, when we pray for the people that we work for, that. All of a sudden, our hearts start to shift. They start to change. They start to soften, and it really makes a huge impact in our lives. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, join the iWorkForHim Nation by clicking on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. When you do this, you will get a personal email from me that I write up. I don't have a canned email that I send. I will send you a personal email. Keep in touch with me. Those of you out there listening that have joined the nation already, keep in touch. Let us know how God is making an impact in your workplace. It does take a paradigm shift in your minds, though, to just look at the at life as a Christ follower, I mean, in whether it's in marriage, in your relationships, in your workplace, it really takes a paradigm shift. And that's what Romans 12, 2 talks about. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And really today, Martha, as we talk about the lies that couples believe, this book by Dr. Chris Thurman that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks already, this lie that we're going to talk about today is huge. We're, the, the, the greatest pickup line ever that guys developed, ne- next to the line, are, are your legs tired? <laughs> Why would my legs be tired, Jim? Because you've been running through my mind all day long. <laughs> Other than that pickup line, the line, you complete me. 
That, that's just a great, it's a great line. But it is a complete bald-faced lie. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And when we talk about that, it makes me think of that scene from Back to the Future. You love that movie. I, I do love that movie. Mm-hmm. And, and when Marty McFly is trying to help his future father to woo his future mother at the something under the sea dance what was it uh something under the sea dance can't think of what it was um anyway anyway and he and he's telling him hey say you are my destiny you are my destiny and when his dad delivers the line it's you are my density yeah he was a little awkward he was a little awkward but (laughs) the the bottom line is that none of those things are really true and and that the world will tell you today that marriage is all about happily ever after that uh, we can complete each other that there that once you're once you're married we complete each other and all the work is done. Well, and the other side of that is they, they, that the world the culture around us tells us if they don't complete you well then just get divorced because it must not have been right or it must not have worked out. So that's what sets you up for this lie that um, another human being cannot complete your universe. <laughs> or be you your... <laughs> complete my universe. What a great line that is. No, it's a great line. It's just a just a bunch of garbage. Lines enchantment are lines. enchantment under the sea. Ah, there Thank you, you go. Ace. Thanks enchantment for under the that sea. Up, that's Ace. right. But that's really uh, so we're talking about today is the lie that you complete me. And so those of you out there listening going, well, you know, but my marriage is a mess. And, you know, it used to be that when my husband and I, we were in sync or my wife and I, we were in sync and everything seemed to work great. And now it doesn't seem like it's that way anymore. Well, well, what did you change? We're always really good about pointing out the issues with our spouses. But what about the issue with you? So today we're going to talk about this lie. You complete me. And we are going to deliver what the real answer is, because there is an answer to this. Who can complete you perfectly? It just isn't your spouse, and it's not your job, and it's not your car, and it's not your house. It won't be a mouse. You won't find it in a box. You won't find it with a fox. You won't find it in a bin. You won't find it you know, in a tin. You know what? It's not a Dr. Seuss rhyme here. This is serious stuff. Yes, it is. That was just, you're so poetic today. And I had that earlier today when you I was did. writing it. I'm like, I, I, I got it in me. Oh, that's okay. All right, so... You complete me. Did I ever use that line on you? I I think you used something about babelicious bubblegum or something. I don't remember. Maybe if you were a bubblegum, they'd call you babelicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we're tackling The Lies Couples Believe, a book by Dr. Chris Thurman. And today's lie, you complete me. And, and here's... Here's why we do this on Tuesdays. You know, Martha and I came to realize many years ago that we work with a lot of people that whatever's going on in their personal lives, it it impacts your work life. And and so we got to deal with this. Plus, honestly, Martha and I are passionate about marriage. We work hard at our marriage all the time, and we want other people, if you're married, you should work hard at it because it's a lot easier to stay married than it is to get divorced. Yeah, that seems like a lot of people would really not have a, well, that they would have a hard time believing that. But the truth is that, um, you know, you've invested a lot in this relationship, but you need to keep on working on it. It doesn't just all fall into place for the rest of your life. It's like putting gas in a tank and expecting your car to drive for the next 180,000 miles. Ooh, Ooh, that was good. I think I heard that somewhere else, but you I liked have. it though. But I mean, seriously, or it's like putting oil oil in your, or in, in your engine 
and and expected never to have to change your oil again. I mean, this is stupid. And, and and honestly, and then people think, well, divorce is the easy answer. And I don't mean to go glass half empty on everybody. Martha's sitting right here, so she could throw something at me. But but honestly, people think that divorce is just the easy out, or, or that they just give up. Well, that, that they're going to find their completeness in somebody else. But the bottom line is, divorce is like. Cutting off your, your primary hand, whatever way, your right hand or your left hand, and cutting it off and thinking, well, I'll just learn to write with the other one. Yeah. And for the rest of your life, you're just stupid because you, you, you can't nobody can read your writing. And you're going, why did I cut my hand off? Well, you definitely struggle big time. Because well, I thought it would be better if I cut my hand off. So, yeah, that's a good analogy. Is but, it? We're going to have to work on that one. Maybe we could write a book. Maybe we could write a book about that. About I cut that. my hand off. I thought that would be better. <laughs> Okay. You don't have to give me we'll, courtesy. We'll talk about on the radio. That. Don't give me courtesy. We'll yeah, because Martha and I are really Jim. trying. We're really yeah. That's a, another show for another time. But we we talk about what Martha and I. Should, everybody tells us we should be writing a book, but we don't know what about because everybody's already written a lot of phenomenal books. Yes, and we love to read them, and we love to then share them with our listeners, which is what we've been doing in this series. And it's kind of a fun take on it because it's the lies couples believe. And I do understand, even though he has 10 lies that he lists out, now I know why pastors only use three points. It's a lot easier to remember three points. Because if I sat here and read all 10 lies right now. People aren't going to remember them all. So we're just taking one at a time. And the last time we spoke, we talked about the purpose of marriage is to be happy. And so this time... We're talking about you complete me. I am incomplete without you. You complete me. You fill all of my empty voids. You complete me. The actual lie is that my spouse can completely meet all my needs. Okay. But before we get to that one, we've had a lot of stress lately. Okay. B- business stress. Um, I don't know where he's going with this, everybody. So, well, we've had a lot of stress, and and honestly, I know when I get stressed, I get a little short. Now you're short all the time, but that's just in stature. Oh, five one and a half. Yeah, I don't know if you you still got that half. Yep, I make the doctor measure me. <laughs> <laughs> they always laugh, but I'm like, I want to know. I'm still five one and a half. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, but. You know, one of the things that Martha and I have realized, and it's really something as we continue to grow in the Lord, is that we're never done learning. And then when we've had these stressful times, and honestly, life is stressful. And then in Florida, it's stressful, and it's hot and muggy. It's yeah, just a, the hot it just, makes you extra stressed. Yeah, it does. It? It's just annoying. And Even the pool is hot. The pool is 95 I know. People degrees. are going to say, oh, Wanny Woo, you oh, no. hot, your pool is hot. 95. It's really hot. It's like, <laughs> it's like baby bath. The hose water is 90. It's just <laughs> stupid. But anyway, that must be my word for the day. I guess. Stupid. I think you should stop that. I'm sorry. I will stop it sometime soon, I guess. But my point is that there have been many times when all of a sudden, in the past, if we'd had really stressful times, I might have just gotten really impatient or rude or whatever and walked away and it wrecked the whole day. We've just, I've gotten to the point where when I get that way, just trying to figure out why, what's gotten me all uptight. But the other thing is to just, we've been stopping and praying mm-hmm. in, the middle, in the middle of my you know, three-year-old tantrums or whatever it may be. And, and boy, that's just amazing. We have MC Hammer to thank for that, don't we? We got to pray just to make it today. And if you want to know what we're talking about, just go to MC Hammer, pray from 1990, parachute pants, MC Hammer. We got to pray just to make it today. That That is a great song because we, we need to be reminded about that all the time. We do. So we often, in the midst of whatever we're dealing with, um, have come to a new place where we just hold out our hand 
and say, we've got to pray. And right that's after. when MC Hammer starts playing in our heads. But, that's right. And but, then, you know, we just want to, I guess the point is to encourage other people the same way because, uh, it, number one, it's really hard to be mad at somebody when you're praying with them. And it really puts things into perspective. And, so, you know, why am I so worked up over something so inconsequential? Well, and I just want people to know, okay, we're real and we oh, yeah. do have stupid conversations. Most of the time I start the stupid conversations, but that we've just, one of the ways we're working through it is just learning to just stop and pray. Stop, drop, and pray. That's yes. a good thing. People our age remember stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, but, and, and or... the, the tough part is at our age, and we're not that old, half a century is not that old. But after you stop, drop, and pray, it's hard to get up. (laughs) Wow, you're just being completely real today. That's funny. I want it to be noted, though, that I've gone little over 10 days, okay, nine days, without a Mountain Dew. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I know. (laughs) Just being honest. Okay, we should really talk about something serious here. Well, we should talk about why, what we're talking about today. You complete me no jim you complete me the lie this my spouse martha can categorically completely and comprehensively meet all my knees and that's you a need a big gong at that point big fat <clears throat> so the verse that goes along with this is found in philippians four nineteen, and it says my god will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in christ jesus so really that's the end of the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what more is there to say? No, we're gonna we're gonna take it apart and talk about it. Um, but really, that's the bottom. Next line, line, we're going on a break, but we're not. We're in the middle of a segment here. You can't just wind uh, out like okay, that. Okay, so <laughs> you have the timer, not me. So. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I think it's important. I mean, understanding that no human being, we're all full of faults. We're all a mess, you know. And as I put in my blog, I wrote a blog about this today. We're all a hot mess. And by the way, you know, we don't talk about that very often. That we're, I do a blog every week, uh, and we post it out there in I Work For Him. If you'd like to subscribe to our blog, you can um, just go out to IWorkForHim.com and subscribe. Yep. What they're actually going to do is subscribe to the newsletter and choose whether they want the daily podcast um, email or a weekly podcast email. And if you do the weekly on Fridays, the pot, your blog is connected to that email that gives them all the podcasts for the last week, as well as the blog. And at any time, people can go back and read your blogs on our website. Did you know that? No. Yes. I don't go back, <laughs> I don't go back and read them because I'm writing them. Yeah, all but right. they're there. All right. So in the blog today, you know, people, everybody's a mess. Everybody's a mess. And they're always, everybody's looking for the easy out. They're looking for the easy solution. And this whole completeness thing. There's no easy solution for that in the human standards. I mean, a lot of people, are they're, they're thinking relationships. They're thinking money will complete me. If I just get this new house, if I have a place at the beach, or if I have a place in the mountains, if I have the right car, if I have the right minivan, nobody ever says that. If I have the right <laughs> SUV, if I had the right motorcycle, if I had the right wife, if I had the right sp- husband, if I had the right children, if I had more children, if I had less children, if I had the right clothes, I'll be complete. And... The problem with that is it's a lie. Honey, we're on radio. You're not supposed to have that much. I, I didn't know if you were doing it for effect or what there. So the fa- problem was is. Good. Very well, very well done. <laughs> it, it is so true. It is just yeah. a big fat lie. So one of the things that I think a lot of us are familiar with is the fact that when, especially right out of high school, right out of college, when our friends started getting married, 
I think more so than at any other point in life when you're not real mature and you think that marriage is the thing that truly is going to complete your life. You have dreamed all of your life. Is that the right word? Dreamed? Dreamt? You've been dreaming about getting married that you really do believe that your spouse is that complete thing that's going to happen and everything else is just going to fall into place. Don't you think that that we we all thought that at out of college, out of high school? I still think that, not to a certain extent. I mean, but I mean, thirty years later, I don't feel any different. I can't imagine a day without you. Well, we're not discounting that at all. But the bottom line is to be complete in marriage. There's a third part. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where a lot of people will try a lot of different things. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk to you about what that completeness is. But you're not going to find it in a relationship. You're not going to find it in a job. You're not going to find it in a promotion or a demotion. You're not going to find it in a new job. The grass always looks greener in somebody else's life. But until you lift up, you know, jump over the fence, as they like to say, uh, into their life, you'll never find out until you do that that they've got a leaky septic tank in their lives which is why their grass is super green Uh, but it is an amazing journey and martha as we dig into this you complete me and this is one of the lies that couples believe we can't get married thinking that this is what it's going to be that you complete me but i will tell you that together Mm -hmm. we make a pretty awesome team but it's because of another factor That's right. that really makes an impact. So you- we're talking about this lie and the fact that um, we believe when we walk down the aisle often without even articulating it, that my spouse is going to be able to meet all of my needs. Categorically, completely, incomprehensively meet all my needs. Yes. And one of the things and that... And what happens on the second day of the honeymoon? Um, some need goes unmet and then we find out that... You know, life is real and hard and there's disappointments and we may be unhappy with that spouse for one reason or another. And We didn't have any arguments on our honeymoon, did we? I don't remember. That was too long ago. I, <laughs> I don't think so. No, we were equally disappointed in where we went, so we had, we had to make the best of it. Yes, we went to this little cabin in the woods. Yeah, it really was a little <laughs> cabin in the woods. We ridiculous. found out that we really didn't know how we would like to vacation, you know. You know, these are all new things you're learning right. as young Martha's adults. Martha's idea of roughing it, days in. That's as rough as it gets in the Brangenberg household. She'd rather be on a cruise. You know what? You make me sound spoiled, and that's not the truth. I just don't like to sleep on the ground or in places where there's bugs. Places where there might be little furry critters. <laughs> going around she's not spoiled okay so we're not going to talk about that okay so one of so what you complete me it's a lie it is and one of the things that this um the author dr chris thurman talks about in his book the lies couple believes which is where we're getting this information is that a lot of us even take that lie further and we say you're supposed to meet all my needs but i don't have to meet all of my spouse's needs and if my spouse doesn't meet my needs well, then I don't have to meet my spouse's needs. That sounds like a three-year-old talking to another three-year-old. Exactly. And so later in the book, he actually talks about the result of having that kind of an unmet expectation leads to a lot of selfishness. Well, that's what causes people to think about divorce. That's when people think, hey, you know, divorce is a great idea because my spouse isn't meeting all my needs. And so we're that's just a big fat lie. 
We're not gonna not gonna have that happen. So let's talk about the. Let's just be really honest and open, because the answer to this question is: if you go into marriage thinking your spouse is gonna complete you, it's wrong. The only person that can complete you is the one who made you. Mm. Your heavenly Father is the only one that can complete you, and that's what. Jesus is all about. Jesus is the answer to this completeness thing. When our Heavenly Father created us initially, He created us for relationship. He was the completeness of us. But when we rejected Him in the garden and decided we knew better than our Heavenly Father, our Creator, the God Almighty, we damaged that relationship. And and we had a need, we had an emptiness that needed to be filled. Right. So there are it is okay to have needs. It is, we are built to have emotional needs. In fact, um, the author refers to a list of needs that um, actually another author that we really like, which is Dr. David and Teresa Ferguson. And remember, we did their devotional once um, a while ago. And that had too much about kids in it, didn't it? Well, it did. And being new empty nesters, you don't really want to, you know, have a a devotional that reminds you that you don't have the kids at home. But but anyway, they had written um, a book or an article about 10 important relational needs that we have in our lives. So it is real to have needs. We, it, it is. We have needs. But it's, um, number one, who's going to satisfy those needs? And number two, um, if they're not satisfied, how are we going to, how we act? Well, let's go back to the Jesus factor. Okay. because. Because it is, we do have relationship needs. We do have the deep desire to get close to our heaven, to to have that relationship. But the only thing that really fills that is our heavenly Father, and it is so important. Uh, hey, just got to stop the presses there. Sean from Sarasota won the book. Way Woo-hoo! to go, Sean! Thanks All for right. listening to the I Work for Him radio show, and we'll get love and respect out to you within the next week or so. Thanks for being bold and brave and calling in. Enjoy it, Sean. You're gonna love it. That's right. Going to change your life. Uh, All right, but Jesus, our Heavenly Father sent His Son to come to the earth to show us who He really was, what He was all about. And then when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, He made it possible for us to have a renewed relationship with our Heavenly Father, made possible by Christ overcoming death. And that's the only completeness we're ever going to get is a relationship with Jesus. But in order to get that completeness, we have to die to ourselves. That's the cool part about this. It's an oxymoron. You want to get complete? You have to die to yourself. And you want your marriage to be awesome? Die to yourself. Start serving your spouse wholeheartedly. Pursue the Lord 100%. Serve your spouse. Your marriage will be awesome. Yes. Did I leave you speechless? Yes. Well, I wanted to start a whole other thing, and I heard that lovely music, so I knew that it would be bad for me. All right. So you want to know the answer to you complete me? It's a lie. But Jesus can complete you. And if you want to know more about that, you want to have a conversation, maybe you're listening and you never heard it put that way, just email me, jim at iworkforhim.com. Or if you're a lady, email Martha, martha at iworkforhim.com. Honestly, I think we're bumming a bunch of people out today, Martha, because we're, we're taking one of the greatest pickup lines, greatest proposal lines, you complete me, and we're debunking it. Because it's not really true. The answer is is Christ. Christ is the only one that can complete us, yet you wanted to make a comment about that. 
Well, yeah, I just, I want to make sure that people aren't hearing, okay, Jesus completes you, so I don't really need to work on my marriage, and I don't need to meet any of my spouse's needs. And that is not at all what the author is saying. Well, I don't, it wasn't what I was saying either, but did, did you hear me I say just, that? I just don't want people to hear that. And so one of the things that the author really um, stresses, and again, we're talking about the lies couples believe, um, written by Dr. Chris Thurman. And he says to ask God to help you identify how to meet the needs of your spouse. And in, and that really <laughs> invites you. What? I'm just thinking, there's another easier way. I mean, praying is... Okay, like- no, no, no. Of, well, yes. All right. Yes. Ask your spouse, ask your spouse what their spouse. needs are, but then ask God to help you meet those needs. Okay, that I and agree. you're inviting God into your marriage. And that's the active part of this that um, we really want people to understand and grasp. And I'm not that, saying God can't answer that question. Right. But we always talk about if you want to know what your spouse is thinking, why don't you ask them? So the Right before that, Jim, when in our in our stuff here, I don't know if you got a chance to look through the list of relational needs and see what you think your highest needs are. And I can share what mine are while you're thinking no, about I, it. I or, looked at it. I okay. looked at it, and I, I highlighted like six or seven of them. So uh, you're needy. I am. Ne- all, <laughs> well, you know I'm needy, and anybody that knows me really knows I'm needy. I mean, I really, I think. A, affirmation really at my point in my life right now is probably really important but from you affection and affirmation at the same time i need to know that you'll forgive me when i screw up and that you don't get tired of forgiving me because that's really important to me because i know i screw up all the time i just want to make sure you're not giving up on me even though you know that i've said that i won't ever give up on i you. understand but it's nice to but hear you it still need to hear it five or six times a day <laughs> I am okay being needy. I mean, and I think as we get older, and again, we're a half century old now, as we get older, I don't know. My brother-in-law, John, he's a famous guy. He He's the one that said, you know, as we get older, it seems like my emotions get much closer to the surface. Mm-hmm. I think that's really true. Sure. I don't know why. Maybe my hard, crusty stuff has fallen off. It's, it's... Although most of my friends would say no. My hard, crusty stuff. I don't know. Fall. I think that if they were comparing you from childhood... You, oh, you know, thank I mean, goodness not many of them people maybe don't see it in a six month period as much as they would in a longer period. But I, I, tu- I truly agree with that. Okay, so appreciation and affection from you are really my number ones. I, I really just like being with you all the time, every moment of the day. Although I have been trying since we're working from home often. Give me a little space here and there because I know at times I can be annoying. <laughs> All right. What about you? Okay. What What do you think your top relational need is? I marked two of them. And um, really, it's just so interesting because I guess it's consistent. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, appreciation and approval. Which really goes along with your love language. That's why, yeah, that's why I was thinking it was so a good affirmation when I looked at this. And I didn't do that on purpose. But um, so when you're looking at the top relational needs, like the explanation for approval is, um, or the thing to do is recognize the special things about your spouse and thank them for being who they are. It's not always about what they accomplish, but who they actually are. You know, when I give you a hard time about being an incredible cook, do you understand that I'm still saying you're an incredible cook? I do. Most other people don't understand that. But I know you you're an incredible better cook. than anybody else. That's so why, it's a criticism because because it, I like to eat her food. <laughs> I used to be a skinny guy. Yes. There's a skinny guy living inside of me. Yes, 
Although I will continue to maintain the fact that I don't spoon feed you. So you choose how much of that good food to, to consume. But I this know This conversation that. has gone entirely <laughs> You're the, wrong the one direction. who brought it up. Entirely the wrong direction. So, all right, honey, so, I appreciate you very much all right, for all so, that you do. I'm trying to help him with who his emotional can truly, needs. Who could truly meet your needs? Obviously, our, this is really what we've done. Since we found out about the love languages about a decade ago, mm-hmm. it was probably mid-2000s when we first read The Five Love Languages. By Gary Chapman. By Gary Chapman. And and he's written 17 other books about you know five love languages you know in the forest and things like that. <laughs> no, it's not that extreme. But it's pretty close. But they're very good books. They the are. The best all one is amazing. probably Five Love Languages and then The Five Love Languages of Appreciation for the Workplace. A phenomenal, great book that everybody in the workplace should be dealing with. But after we learned that, we started learning to be way more intentional in meeting those needs. For you, words of affirmation is really, really important to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Physical touch, not so much important, but then acts of service. Right. Me coming and helping and doing the vacuuming and doing the dishes when I do and helping clean up and do things without you having to ask me because you don't want to have to ask me. Right. Because you had to ask the kids for 20 years. <laughs> so, but I, I think that we've really had to work on that and understand. But that book combined with Love and Respect, which we're giving away today, which Sean called in from Sarasota and won, is... Those two books really transform how we approach difficulties. That, and we just have incorporated a whole heck of a lot more prayer. Yes. So we can make sure we're meeting each other's needs. So that's what the whole premise of this chapter of this book is going back to, is the fact that you need to identify, go ahead, identify what relational needs you have, talk to your spouse about it, but know that never, never is your spouse going to completely meet all of those needs. They're going to fail over and over again. Over and over and over and over but, and over and over. But Wait. God. All right. So that's the whole dot, dot, that's right. dot. But God. But God. But God what? But God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, that but God. Philippians 4.19. Okay. Right after my my life verses, Philippians 4.11 through 13. All right. So. No, I forgot my chain of thought. Okay, I was going to ask all the guys out there. They're, they're out there. You're either whether you're listening. Well, we know Sean's listening. We know Sean. The one so that's at least one, and, and your dad's usually listening. So, <laughs> uh, so we at least got a couple guys out there listening today. Uh, just think for a second. Um, some of you listening have been married for a long time. Look, my father-in-law is listening. He's been married almost sixty years. Uh, if so, how how much have you figured out? Do you, do you got your spouse figured out yet? Do, do, you, have, <laughs> do you have them figured out? I'm guessing not. Honey, we didn't they're get, not going to call. They didn't, they didn't answer. Well, I can't hear anybody. Well, I know, but you got to give them a chance to think through this. Okay. I mean, the point is, no. After 30 years, I still get surprised by Martha. I shouldn't. Yes, I should. I should get surprised. And after 30 years, I still stymie her. That's I just I do that all the time. And, and so, have you figured me out yet? No, but I do know. But going back to this, I, I'm not surprised by what you said your relational needs are. I'm surprised when I can't completely fulfill them or make you. Well, and, and that's what's really important about what we've started doing. And, and we had incredible friends about a year ago just encourage us to start doing devotions together. We've been doing our Bible reading together side by side for 29 years. Last year, we started doing a devotion together. We always were praying multiple times a day. But started doing devotions together, and it really took our relationship to the next level. And I don't think we've really perfected it yet, but 
just digging a little bit deeper and challenging ourselves deeper with the same thing, having that conversation's really been fun because having God at the center of the difficulties that we're going through really helps keep our perspective right. All right, but let's talk about the repercussions if needs go unmet because there's a lot of people that are expecting their spouse to meet needs and eventually a distance grows and then what happens? Well, there's three main dangers, um, according to the author. Uh, when we touched touched on the first one, which is selfishness. If I can't, you know, if my spouse isn't going to meet my emotional needs, then I'm going to um, try to figure it out myself. Or go somewhere else to get my emotional needs needs met. That's not easy for me to say. But that's what often happens with workplace affairs. People are not getting their emotional needs met at home. They're seeking them from their spouse instead of seeking them from the spouse and the Lord. And so then they start sharing their problems with somebody from the opposite sex in the workplace. And all of a sudden, an emotional need starts getting met, and that's the beginning of an affair. Right. Danger, 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 Will Robinson, or wherever else your name may be. So selfish, what about selfishness? Well, um, they talk about the fact that in a marriage, you know, you can be so become so preoccupied with your own needs being met that you're not meeting the needs of your spouse. So I know that you need to be appreciated, and I know that you haven't been maybe fulfilling one of my needs of um, approval. So I withhold, you know, appreciating you. That is selfish. They say, well, if he's not going to meet, you know, my needs, make me feel appreciated, then I'm not, or approved, I'm not going to, you know, help him out. Well, and that's really brought up in the Love and Respect book, where Mm -hmm. instead of waiting for your spouse to do something, you lead out in serving first unconditionally with no caveats to your service and then allow your spouse to respond. I mean, that, And that's really a sign of maturity. That's the rewarded cycle, if I yes. remember correctly. Yep. You, you love unconditionally. And, and really, that's being Christ-like. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christ didn't say, hey, by the way, if you'll follow me and do it perfectly, then I'll die for you. No. No, he didn't say it. He goes, you're screwed up. You have no idea which way is up or down. I'm going to die for you, raise from the dead, and then help you out. He did it all for us. Before we ever put our trust in him, he did it all for us. And that's what marriage is all about. Marriage is about making us more like God's image. That's what marriage is all about. So being selfless. Well, that's what children do. No, selfish. (laughs) No, children teach us to be selfless. They they teach us that. Yes, they do. Well, you know, that's that's the progression of life sometimes. But what I I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's not really a very easy thing to do to take that first step, especially when we're butting heads and we're both being stubborn to be the one that says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, meet your needs instead of my own. Well, Martha and I have this plan within our marriage relationship. We take turns being stubborn so that we're, <laughs> we're not both stubborn at the same time. Therefore we don't cause issues. So when really? I'm being stubborn, well, for that's the most, a plan. <laughs> well, it just seems like it works. That God way. has a sense of humor. Yes, that's he does. for sure. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. But, but, the, the symptoms of, you know, if you can wipe from your brain, listener, if you can wipe from your brain what Martha and I have wiped from our brain, that we are, we are here to complete our spouses, and instead we're here to serve our spouses selflessly, that we, all of a sudden, it shifts the paradigm in our marriage. And instead of it being the way the world thinks, that all of a sudden we look at our marriage the way the Lord thinks, which is for the two of us to come together and 
for us, for husbands to love their wives and wives to respect their husbands. And that, but husbands, you're only supposed to love your wives as much as Christ loved the church. And so if you do that, your wife will have no problem. And it will create an amazing relationship. I hope but, people know that you are being facetious I, what, what, a little bit. Well, only you have to love as much as Christ all loved you the had, It's all you got to do is love your wife as much as Christ loved the church, which is a huge high calling. And a lot yes. of guys go, well, wait a minute. Yeah, anyway. Well, real quick before we move on to the next thing, we were talking about what bad things or, you know, if your needs are unmet, what can happen? And we talked a lot about selfishness, but you can also become very self-reliant and say, fine, I'm just going to take care of this myself and, you know, not worry about my spouse. And then the third bad thing that can happen is people can actually, you know, go into self-condemnation. Well, I'm not worried. I must not be worthy. I must not be lovable. Um, and that's why I'm not um, able to have my spouse isn't meeting my needs um, emotionally. And the easy ways to come over the self-reliance piece, how often can you really, what can you do to really help yourself uh, be healthy? Uh, what can you do to help uh, overcome all your issues? I mean, when we start to think we're self-reliant and we realize, oh, I really need God for that. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I can't do this. I mean, you have no you have no impact, really. And the self-condemnation, you know, you got to surround yourself with people that will lift you up. That's what small group Bible studies are all about. That's what church is all about. Surround yourself with people who love you and appreciate you. They're not going to be perfect, but at least they'll remind you that you are a highly valued individual creation of your heavenly father like that video we watched on facebook last night that judge in georgia who spoken to those kids who were sitting in juvenile court saying you were created you were designed nobody does what you have been designed to do it's not going to get done that was fabulous okay so the one of the final things that the author talks about in this chapter is he says the holy trinity of truth in marriage is that i am deeply needy admitting you're deeply needy God will fully meet my needs, number two. And number three, I must meet my spouse's needs as best I can, whether they meet mine or not. And that is such a healthy approach to bringing God into the marriage, allowing him to be the center, but working on this re- thing we call relationship. Okay, just saying those again. I just It's almost like a 12-step a, a program, but this is a three-step <laughs> program. I am deeply needy. There is mm-hmm. no question about that. God will fully meet all my needs. That is true. I must meet my spouse's needs as best as I can, whether they meet mine or not. Right. That's a fantastic way to end this conversation on the lies that couples believe. And, and honestly, Martha, it's it's so, you really do do a phenomenal job meeting my needs. You're unbelievable. But I know you can't complete me. I know that God is completing me. He's working on fixing me. <laughs> got a lot of stuff so to that, work. that verse is fabulous there. Do you see it? Hebrews 4, 16. Then let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hey, we've got people, if this was helpful today, maybe you'd like a whole weekend of this. How about joining Martha and I in March of 2017 on our next Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat? We would love to have you join us and Work on your marriage all weekend long right alongside of us. Mm-hmm. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the Events tab, and find out all about it. This is a weekend dedicated for you and your wife, you and your husband, to revolutionizing how you approach your marriage on a day-to-day basis. It's unbelievable. All right, baby, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. I really appreciate everybody chipping in today, and especially Sean calling in being brave from uh, Sarasota. That was great. <laughs> Any last words? 
No, I just, you know, I think everybody needs to focus on their spouse and their relationship with their Heavenly Father. You heard it. She's incredible. You should listen to her. I should listen to her more often. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.